0: Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Sheila Zielinski Show. You are in for a treat today because our good friend Mark Marano joins us from ClimateDepot.com. He's a very good friend of the program, and I cannot wait to hear what he has to say about the eco-confab that just broke up there in Glasgow, Scotland. Can't wait to get his take on that. So again, it is the publisher of the award-winning ClimateDepot.com. He is the author of... Soon to be three of my favorite books. Also, two of my very favorite movies, Climate Hustle and Climate Hustle 2, starring, you know him as, uh, remember Hercules? Kevin Sorbo. It is our good friend, Mark Rano joins us back in the program. Well, Mark, welcome back to the program. Let's jump into things.
1: Thank you, Sheila. I'm very happy to be here. just got back from the Scotland UN Climate Summit. This was a summit which had one remarkable aspect. It was a summit like every other, but one thing was unique. The climate activists are now openly turning against the farce of the process. So here's what's unique about this summit. Climate skeptics and the climate activists are now in agreement that the entire UN process is a farce and that nothing happens at it except a lot of hot air. Okay, so the big news out of this conference was that Greta Thunberg, who had been featured as a speaker and as the poster child of the United Nations, she actually replaced Leonardo DiCaprio, she's turned against the UN, which used to honor her as a featured speaker. They did not do that this year. This summit announced ahead of time that she was disgusted with the UN Climate Summit, that it was 29 years going back to the Rio Earth Summit. In her mind, a blah, blah, blah. So this was a summit in which climate skeptics Actually, it could agree in full with the climate activists. Greta led a protest outside the halls in Scotland when I was there with thousands of people. It appeared, all the climate activists chanting, you can take your climate crisis and shove it up your arse. And Greta was repeating that over and over directly to the United Nations. Wow. Now, that was remarkable because... The youth movement is what the United Nations used just two years ago at the last summit in Madrid and the New York City climate summit. So they've lost them. They know that this is a farce. The climate activists do. And even other UK Guardian writers even were railing on the conference and even calling the Green New Deal a farce. They realize that their vision of shutting down the world economy through these UN conferences is not working. And I think what's happening ultimately is they're realizing that the, the future for all these climate activists is going to be the unelected bureaucracies. And COVID has showed them the way, but I think the UN conferences are getting less and less relevant, but a lot of work does happen at these to advance the agenda, you know, agenda 2030, behind the scenes, more efforts to stop the developing world from using their natural resources occurred at this conference. And interestingly enough, this conference waived the vaccine passport. Now, I haven't had the COVID jab. I I hate to even call it a vaccine, but I haven't had the COVID jab, but I was able to fly to Scotland. No problem. No quarantine. Why is that? because the United Nations wanted all the developing world nations who haven't had equity access to the vaccine to come to this conference. Now, why do African nations typically have the highest attendance rate of these UN climate summits? There's one reason, Sheila. The United Nations promise of the UN Climate Fund brings out the developing world leaders in mass because they would never sign on to a development limiting climate agenda. But if they sense there's cash there, they show up and in the greater numbers of many other nations from these poor nations who are seeking and demanding the climate reparations. So we saw that once again at this Scotland summit.
0: Well, and we see Boris Johnson, the absolute bumbling buffoon that he is. I'll play a clip at the end of him. You've got a Alok of fighting back tears as the climate pact was reached. A deal aimed at staving off dangerous climate change. The Glasgow Climate Pact, they say, is the first ever to plan to reduce coal. You know, as Obama said, he's going to bankrupt the coal industry, the worst fossil fuel for greenhouse gases. So this is the new buzzword, by the way, the new net zero greenhouse gas emissions. So instead of saying, carbon neutral, which is ridiculous. You can never go carbon neutral. That's the dumbest thing that's ever been said. Net zero is like the Green New Deal. You know what that means? It means you would freeze to death and starve to death.
1: Yeah, they're talking about net zero living, net zero nation. I mean, net zero is nothing more than a virtue signaling phrase. If you want to see net zero, go check out indigenous tribes. there's are about as close as you're going to get. But don't get too carried away because there's the myth of the noble eco-savage. You know, years ago, a guy, Robert Whelan, wrote a book that detailed it excellently. If you'd flown over the Amazon in the year 1500, what would you have seen? You would have seen a lot of fires, slash and burn agriculture. You would have seen in the American West, the Native American tribes, hunting buffalo to extinction, running them off cliffs. So let's not get carried away there. But yes, I don't think they burned as much carbon, although forest fires would count. But this is the whole obsession with net zero. It's absurd. Here's the other thing, that Sheila, about this conference. Literally, I think it was an $80 million Gulfstream that Jeff Bezos flew in. And we tried to ask him a question. We tried to ask Al Gore a question. We got in Al Gore's face and asked him about his energy use being, I think it's 33 times higher than the average American. Al Gore would not answer his age kept saying we got to go we got to go but essentially they filled up the private jet jetways in scotland they had to start moving to other cities outside of glasgow where the summit was held because their the runways were so full of private jets so this was just yet again u.n hypocrisy at its height and here's the kicker during this summit sheila we had a doctor in canada time the release are you ready for this the first clinically diagnosed case of climate change in a hospital patient. Not making this up. This was the big news that came out during the summit. A doctor in British Columbia announced that a patient was suffering from dehydration and heat exhaustion. And he put on her chart for the first time in medical history, climate change as the diagnosis. So that's our future. This is where we are right now in 2021. I feel like we've gone back to the dark ages.
0: And that's where they would like us. (laughs) I'm suddenly having visions of Jeff Bezos in a Freddie Flintstone mobile. Serfdom by stealth. Now, we're hearing this ubiquitous term, build back better. We know where this comes from. Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum, a very, in my opinion, evil devil. Talk about this term. And I like how you've rebranded it, build back bankrupt.
1: Build back better is their phrase, but it's reality. It's build back bankrupt with high inflation, energy crippling, blackouts, shutdowns, shortages. That's the future we're literally in right now. And just think, even 2020, United States was still energy independent dominant during the lockdowns. 2019, you know, we were booming pre-lockdown. And the first thing Biden does is shut us down all the energy, pipeline after pipeline, going after fracking, stopping drilling on federal lands. And then what happens six months later? Long gas lines, shortages, record increase in prices. But not only that, 11-year high Russian imports to the United States, oil imports, Biden administration begging OPEC to increase oil production, and all the solar, wind, and electric car mandates mean we're going to be that much more reliant on China for rare earth mining done with Uyghur slaves or under it. China or underage labor in Africa as they buy up the continent. And not only that, but Afghanistan. I mean, the Af- China refused to meet with both John Kerry and Joe Biden in face, face to face. Guess who they wanted to meet face to face? The Taliban. Right after the Taliban took over Afghanistan, China's in there, and they're going to be exploiting all the rare earth mining and mineral rights in Afghanistan. So just what a difference less than a year makes.
0: <laughs> well, and I love your speech at Heartland. There was Lord Monkton. You got into these tipping points. Talk briefly about that. I thought your speech was fantastic and especially your clip on, you know, the little uh, Hitler youth, the poor little child abused kid that she is. Oh, the enemies turning on each other. She flip flopped against the United Nations. Tisk tisk. But you talk about these tipping points. So get into that.
1: Oh, that was, uh, well, I guess that was a speech. There was a, We had an alternate summit, Heartland Institute, with Lord Moncton and others gathered right down the street from the conference center and held our own summit for two days. And that was a lot of fun. <laughs> so I gave a speech there and then we had a panel. and We also did a whole bunch of other stuff, but that was a speech just focused on what happens at the UN. And actually the title was, how many times do we have to save the earth? Because I go back almost 30 years and show you all the quotes, either on tipping points or this is our last chance summit or after they have an agreement like in Paris 2015, they praise each other. This is the moment our grandchildren will remember. They pat themselves on the back. This is historic. And then a year later, guess what? We have to save the earth all over again. All of that praise and historic moment is forgotten. And that's what they just keep doing. It's an ultimate of recycling. It's about the only thing they recycle as Glasgow, according to the mainstream media, was filled with trash from the summit. Well, the only thing they were recycling was the same nonsense from the previous (laughs) summit.
0: (laughs) Well, they say, you know, the air is getting hotter, right? Oh, there's a lot of hot air, all right. All these failed predictions, you're right. I call them their failed eco-apocalyptic predictions, these modern green doomsday or doomsayers. They've been predicting climate and environmental disasters since the 1950s. None of these apocalyptic predictions like the Paul Ehrlichs of the world, the population bomb dud that it is, dire famine by 1975, that was forecasted. James Coltrane Hansen, I call him the hack, he said in 2008 the Arctic would be ice-free. Prince Charles, just 96 months to save the world, he said in 2009. Gordon Brown said we have fewer than 50 days to save the planet. Al Gore, you know, the ice cap's going to disappear by the summer of 2014. Arctic ice-free. But, Mark, they really also demonize CO2, that deadly plant food that we exhale. And, of course, it's always about the humans. It's very anti-human. Don't you notice this now? It's become very anti-human. It
1: really has. I mean, what they're basically saying is instead of following the current trajectory we're on which is radical reductions in poverty we're now under a billion people without running water and electricity the developing world can now grow potentially in leaps and bounds the greatest threat they face is this environmental slash you know, United Nations Agenda 2030 slash climate agenda. It's the greatest threat to humanity as we speak. And this is why countries line up. This climate fund money is going to go to the poor nation leaders, not the people, but the leaders who are best able to keep their citizens locked down in poverty. And that's the big p- thing people don't understand. And that money that they're going to get is going to go for that politician to ensure his re election, to buy votes, to build monuments and stadiums and all that stuff for himself. That's where the money goes. UN doesn't care about that. All they care is that the leaders sign on and they get the political momentum and the political will so they can declare that they've saved the planet. Meanwhile, the people living in these countries continue to endure, backbreaking poverty, living in huts made of dung, high infant mortality rates, and you know short life expectancy. In some places in Africa, cancer is considered a luxury because you don't live long enough to get it in the, in the most dire, poverty-stricken places.
0: Well, you nailed a ridiculous headline of the uh, Victoria, BC paper, but listen to this. I mean, this headline, Concordia. Sports leagues can fight climate change with lockdown. Because after all, 2021, with the big lockdown, had a noticeable effect on their, oh, here's that other word I can't stand, a meaningless word, carbon footprint. It had a noticeable effect on their carbon footprint. If travel patterns enacted due to the COVID-19 pandemic were permanently adopted, We could save Mother Gaia, it pretty much says that. Oh, and here's the best one, Mark. This is BBC, COVID denial to climate denial. It's not even conspiracy theorists. It's conspiracists are shifting focus.
1: I hope I'm featured in that article. I should be their lead one. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm actually very proud. It's the exact same playbook. Uh, Send me that. That's fascinating. The BBC... The thing is, what they're trying to do is demonize and silence anyone, but COVID is the exact same model as climate. And I'll give you a quick 30-second primer on this, Sheila. What they've done is they came out with exaggerated models by Neil Ferguson out of uh, England that came out with doom and death unless we listen. The difference this time is people actually listen, so we lock down, and then – scientists started balking what did they do they started uninviting scientists to scientific conferences if they didn't support lockdowns not because of their science views so they were just de defunded fired same as in the climate debate and the exact same solutions they proposed limiting human freedom, limiting human travel, restricting economic growth, development, stop. I mean, it was just an incredible template, so much so that every major green and climate figure came out and praised the lockdowns, said it was good for the environment, and said if we can lock down for the virus, we can lock down for the climate. So the BBC is in la-la land. If they're writing an article like this is some odd, illogical development, it's exactly the same playbook and solutions. John Kerry's quote said it himself. COVID and climate, the words are interchangeable, the solutions are interchangeable. John Kerry, the climate envoy, said it. I hope that's in the BBC article.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the climate envoy. John Kerry, who also said that COP26 climate change summit in Glasgow was the last and best hope for the world to get its act together. Because the aim, you know, is to hold the rise in the Earth's temperature to 1.5 degrees Celsius, which, you know, turn that climate knob dial. I'm sorry, Mark Morano, you'll not be going to Scotland Because you've exceeded your carbon footprint, because look, it says in your climate passport, I mean, this stuff is all interrelated. COVID being the dress rehearsal for like a climate passport, the green police. I mean, that's pretty much where this is going, isn't it?
1: Yes, uh multiple credit card companies, one of the biggest being MasterCard, has now teamed with the United Nations to come up with a credit card that's gonna monitor your carbon footprint. And bond villain evil Klaus Schwab <laughs> has actually said, This is fantastic because it will cut off your spending when you reach your carbon limit. And other credit cards are out there monitoring your carbon footprint. Africa and in parts of Europe are actually now limiting people based on whether they got a vaccine. In other words, you won't be able to get refuel your car or get gas. Gas if you haven't got the vaccine, plus it's not good for the environment. So they're merging these types of issues right before our eyes. And I have a whole chapter on the COVID climate connection and green fraud. And I have a whole chapter on the Great Reset, which is being led by the World Economic Forum. Never let a crisis go to waste, where people just openly talking about this is the, you know, Jane Fonda's words, this is God's gift to the left, the COVID crisis, because they want to now morph the COVID lockdowns, the climate lockdowns. Anthony Fauci himself has endorsed this. And in my speech you referenced in Heartland, for the first time that I'm aware of any climate skeptic doing it, I put up the quotes of Anthony Fauci's paper from last August, literally echoing lockdown from COVID for climate. Anthony Fauci, huge environmentalist, huge climate activist, revealed himself in this paper from August 2020. So this is the mess we're facing. But the book Green Fraud also goes into the children's climate crusade, the whole history of Greta, the corporate climate crusade behind her, the propaganda the brainwashing of kids from kindergarten through college. I have a whole chapter on the global cooling period and how the global cooling period in the 1970s had the same exact solutions planned recessions, deep growth, sovereignty-limiting treaties, wealth redistribution. They blamed extreme weather on man-made global cooling at the time. Literally nothing has changed in the climate debate. But I also go through the more recent stuff. The UN reports how they're using extreme model scenarios to try to scare people. It's incredible. Al, give Al Gore credit, Sheila. He actually dealt with science, polar bears, sea level, CO2. 15 years after his m- first movie, we're now dealing with nonsense insane world, how pets cause climate change, how prisoners are better able to fight climate change because you have a lower carbon footprint in prison than you do when you're out. So lowering crime is bad for climate change. This is according to the New York Times. I mean, this is the world in which we live right now.
0: Yes, you are so ahead of the curve. Chapter 11, the COVID climate connection. Really, the chapter I'm most concerned about I think in all of this, although it's so good, the entire book is so incredible and people need to get this book, The Green Fraud by Mark Morano. But what's incredible is exploiting the children. That is truly frightening because as our generations die off, I shudder to think at this eco-child abuse that they're doing to our kids, turning them into little eco-warriors that are running around saving the planets, parents saying, I should never have had kids, or even young kids now saying they don't want to have kids. I mean, this is such a science fiction. It is just absolutely, well, we know what the Bible says, anyone that messes with a child, not good. But Mark, take a couple minutes and give us a kind of a summary of the Glasgow, Scotland, COP26, this climate cult meeting that at least I hope when you're down in Scotland, you got to have a uh, a couple stiff shots of scotch dealing with all those guys
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had uh, I had cigars, a little bit of scotch, some of their wine. I you know, tried to enjoy it as best I could, but <laughs> it was okay. Here's the bottom line. We are facing a very grave thing because the most insidious, dangerous thing that happened at this climate summit was otherwise mostly conservative congressmen, one named Garrett Graves from Louisiana, showing up at the United Nations conference with a guy named Benjamin Backer, a US climate conservative. I'm making a quote with my hands because his idea of a conservative is Mitt Romney. But anyway, he showed up and they did a whole thing about how conservatives believe in science too, and the climate crisis has to have free market solutions. So we have now major forces in the Republican Party, including our leadership endorsing this approach, which Republicans showed and appeared in person at the Scotland conference in Glasgow, to basically say, we accept your climate crisis, but we want to have free markets and we'll plant trees and we'll do carbon capture. We'll do a Green New Deal light. This is the problem right now. So that's the most insidious thing to come out of it. But I'm at the point now where we've just got to go after the entire narrative. You don't accept it. The idea that government on any level can come up with some solution that's going to alter the level of CO2 in the atmosphere is not happening within anyone's lifetime. Even if we zeroed out, I have the John Kerry admitting this. You have multiple scientists admitting this, that even if we zeroed out, global CO2 emissions would not matter, plus China and India aren't going to zero out, and they're going to continue pumping it. The whole thing is a farce, thinly disguised way to impose Marxism on the the world order. If you actually cared about climate, you would do the opposite of what the Green New Deal wants, the opposite of what the United Nations talked about in Glasgow. You would want wealth, prosperity, free markets, technological innovation, and you would just let the world develop. Because a wealthier, developed world is going to have the best environment, the cleanest environment, and you'll have leisure time and wealth in order to worry about your environmental problems. You want to save trees. Great. You want to work on endangered species. You'll have a wealthy nation with technological advancements. You'll be able to do advanced forestry where you set a clear cutting an area. You can uh, cut out swaths and then have no difference in plant and animal species in three years because you, you logged smartly. Technology, science, wealth, prosperity is the best thing to do if you care about the earth, not a United Nations top-down Bureaucratic solution that's going to give us all living, essentially take away our freedoms and let us live in a life of technological slavery and no free speech. And this is where it's all headed. I mean, it's, it's frightening. COVID, greatest threat to liberty. And we're seeing it across borders. People being denied medical service if they don't believe in lockdowns. People being denied credit cards. In the case of Trump's uh, national security advisor, went to Visa, withdrew his card because they didn't like his politics. This is our future. You don't get a vaccine. You don't get eight vaccines the government mandates. You're not going to be considered. a, a citizen in good standing. We're following the Chinese Communist Party line on social credit system. I mean, this has just been almost too much for the forces of liberty to fight in the last year and a half. It's been so rapid, so successful because, and I'll end with this, Sheila. Here's the bottom line in my book, Green New Deal, and in my speech, it took decades of climate activists from Obama's energy secretary to the former UN chief, Christina Figueres, to Tom Friedman and the pages of the New York Times, all praising China's one party rule. They praised it because it didn't have the messiness of democracy. They could get things done and they didn't have to have any opposition. Now, fast forward, what COVID has given the political progressive left environmentalists and climate activists is the one-party rule. We now have unelected bureaucrats who we've accepted the premise that they can tell us that we can go to religious worship or not. They can tell us what stores are essential. And by the way, abortion clinics and liquor stores are essential. Churches and small businesses are not, but Amazon and Walmart are essential. We saw the greatest transfer of wealth. We saw unelected bureaucrats telling us we couldn't leave our house during COVID, that you couldn't go to weddings and funerals. If you had too many people at a backyard barbecue, your neighbor could rat you out and get you Utility shut off, and your neighbor would be rewarded for being a rat. Turning neighbor against neighbor. We now have in the United States 30 some Democrats signed a letter saying Americans should not be able to fly unless they get a vaccine. And now we have people saying under a climate emergency, we're not going to be able to fly in a declared climate emergency unless it's for essential reasons. You can only fly for a funeral. You want to go on a vacation? No way. Your carbon footprint's too big. We are so close to this world because it's not something we can go lobby Congress to fight. It's happening. We're going to get to a point in our world, in Canada, the United States, it won't matter who we elect, governor, premier, president, because the unelected bureaucracy is going to have the real power and you're going to have qu- weak courts. And I don't understand the, the courts, hopefully they'll come around, but in the United States here, the courts have been pathetic in preventing the vaccine rules and the lockdown rules, but there's been some hope now they're fighting. Finally, we may able to temporarily stop Biden's rules on this, but this is what we face. It's all laid out in the great reset. It's the subject of my next book.
0: Well, I'm really excited because you are doing another book that's launching in 2022 on the Great Reset. But before they get that, they've got to get one of my favorite books. It is called Green Fraud. So tell people about that. And then of course, Climate Hustle 2 as well, and where they can check out your handiwork.
1: Okay, my book is the Green fraud, why the Green New Deal is even worse than you think. And the hint is COVID makes it worse than you think because now unelected bureaucrats can impose the Green New Deal without a vote of Congress. You get the book at Amazon and Walmart and also Climate Depot. And Climate Hustle 2, the film with Kevin Sorbo, deals with a lot of these same issues, more about just purely the United Nations climate agenda and the Green New Deal. And that's at climatehustle2.com. And my next book won't be out till next summer, but it's The Great Reset, The Permanent Pandemic. It's actually available for pre-order on Amazon.
0: Wow, the permanent pandemic. Think about that, folks. And if anybody, as I'm going to steal Mark's line there, the evil Bond villain, Klaus Schwab. I mean, this guy is a devil, in my opinion. If you actually go and listen to him, he is one sinister, evil, megalomaniac. I'm glad you're writing on this because I don't think people get how horrific this really is. And Mark, you'll have nothing and you'll like it.
1: And that's right. And that's what it's a that's a back to a feudal serfdom system. That's what they're looking at. And they say you'll own nothing and be happy, but who's the you? We'll own nothing, but someone's going to own, because uh, we're going to be renters. That means someone owns it. And who owns it is the billionaire class, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I got to end with this, Sheila. This is a guy I interviewed in New York City, 2014. He said he would like to put climate skeptics, energy CEOs in jail at The Hague with all the other war criminals, three hots and a cot. Well, I'm here to tell you, Sheila, in 2021, all is forgiven. I fully forgive Robert F. Kennedy Jr. for that, because he has been the voice of reason against COVID lockdowns mask mandates, vaccine passports. He literally openly says now that this entire pandemic of COVID, the lockdowns, was designed so that a few billionaires could get even richer. And and literally, I'm starting to believe that as I look at all the data. The amount of money the small business and middle and lower class America lost, literally that money shifted over to the billionaire class during the lockdowns. So this is our future. And unfortunately, they're so good at what they do and they have so much power that it's a very, you know, instead of the great reset, we have to call it the great resistance, the great battle against it, because we cannot submit to this.
0: Absolutely right. Very well said. We have to push back against this. We really have to be praying against this evil agenda as well. And people are waking up. It gives me hope that Gretas turning on the United Nations. There's hope yet. Folks, the books are, and again, these are my three favorite things, I guess four now because I'm pre-ordering my copy of The Great Reset. And for those of you watching on video, that is up on your screen there. All the information's linked below how you can get all my favorites, A Politically Incorrect Guide to Climate Change, and the book we just talked about, Green Fraud, Why the Green New Deal is Even Worse Than You Think If You Can Imagine That. So get a copy of this and Lastly, the amazing Kevin Sorbo and Mark Brown do an incredible job in Climate Hustle 2. All that information is linked below in the description and bookmark and follow him over there at climatedepot.com. That is also linked below as well. Mark, thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to come on the show. My listeners and I so appreciate it. Thanks for keeping us apprised of the climate cult. You're doing an extraordinary job. Thank you, sir. God bless you.
1: Well, thank you so much, Sheila. I appreciate it.
0: Folks, that was the amazing Mark Morano. Follow him on Twitter. Follow him on social media and bookmark climatedepot.com. Go check out some of the incredible headlines over there. Mark Levin said it best. He said this green fraud book of Marx is really a guidebook to exposing and fighting this Marxist plan. Masquerading as environmental policy. Mark Brown is one of my favorites because, like I do, he always demolishes many aspects of what you think you know about this insidious green agenda. And if you don't have a copy of my book, Green Gospel, you need to have Green Gospel and Green Fraud. And boy, oh boy, that is a really good match to put together. We're going to have a quick break and we'll be back with the original funny man. I've got so many people asking for my uncle to come back on the program. It is the one and only Wally Patterson joins us after the break to continue on with the COP26 climate cult edition. Wow, wait till you hear some of these clips. (laughs) I cannot wait to see what he has to say. So join us after the break. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this break.